Find a moment of calm at Classical WETA 90.9 FM. Available to stream now at classicalweta.org or on the Classical WETA app. Hey everybody, this is Nomar. Before we get this episode started, I just wanted to let everybody know that I have a special guest on and I recorded them using Skype. It's my first time playing around with that for my own podcast, so the audio quality will sound a little bit different. All right, happy Thanksgiving. Better save me a drumstick. What's that? It's a book of scary stories. Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing's gonna save you now. I'll tell these stories one by one by morning, you will all be gone. I'm writing. I'm writing. Stories heard and stories heal with children's blood. These words are real. I'm writing. You can accept it or be stupid and be a skeptic. Unconceivable, unbelievable. Unidentified flying objects. I want to believe. Welcome to the special Thanksgiving bonus episode of the I Wanna Believe podcast. I'm No Marsh Lovett. Who knew at the beginning of this year where we'd be right now? But nonetheless, here we are, and now. Thanksgiving month is upon us. In keeping with the spirit of Thanksgiving, I have invited a friend along to dine on the strange, the macabre, the downright spooky stories that we'll be sharing tonight. My co-host for the evening is Valerie Lafaso. Hi, Nomar. Thank you so much for having me. And I'd like to say hello to your audience and happy Thanksgiving. And just so everybody knows, I am an empathic medium. So I have a little bit of experience with the strange and the macabre and spooky. I also write my own ghost stories. They're called the Tangled Web of Friends series, and the first two are available in ebook right now. Well, as you can see, we're lucky to have her. Thanks, Val. All right, before we get to some stories, a quick reminder that all of our I Want to Believe social media and email are in the show notes. My brand new book, Granite Skies, is now available for purchase. You can get that at the Greenhand Bookshop in Portland, Maine. You can also get it on Amazon, Kindle, or a signed copy can be obtained from my online store. Everything can be found at allmylinks.com slash Slevic, or just click the link from the show notes. All right, enough of all that. Let's get into some reportedly true scary stories. Val? All stories from this episode are from various subreddit forums and are presented as first-person narratives and will be read as such. While we cannot speak to the veracity of these stories, we do hope you enjoy them. I come from a small town and the college had a huge enrollment of over 50,000 students. It was crazy to me how active the campus was all the time. If I thought that was a culture shock though, it was nothing compared to what happened during Thanksgiving break. I didn't have the kind of money to be able to go home, so I remained in my dorm room alone during the break. What had recently been just a metropolis of people became a barren wasteland. If the loneliness wasn't enough, a snowstorm hit the night before Thanksgiving. I recall waking up in the morning about 7 a.m. and looked out across a completely barren and desolate campus. Now, I suppose this doesn't seem weird at all, but it was a complete shock to me. Honestly, I spent the entire day on Wednesday in my dorm room looking out over the campus. I didn't really even have the nerve to go out. 
before Thanksgiving, I had gotten myself a frozen turkey dinner that I was going to make in my microwave. But I really wanted to get out. I guess I was going stir crazy. There was a Denny's on campus, so I thought I would go and have dinner there. The dinner went fine, but I was uneasy because there was another guy in the restaurant who wouldn't stop staring at me. I like to take my time in a restaurant, but couldn't bring myself to do that here because he made me so uncomfortable. So I ate quickly and left. Walking home, I nervously kept looking over my shoulder. It didn't take long before I noticed that the guy was following me. He was walking faster than I was. By the time I had gotten to the dormitory doorway, he was already up the front steps. He called for me to hold the door for him, but I didn't. He seemed pretty old for a person living in the dorms, but if he was a student, he would have an electronic key card. I looked back as I went up the stairs and saw him standing in the foyer. I go up to my room and calm down. I'm not sure how much later it was, but there was a knock on my door. I got up and looked out the peephole and was surprised to see the man from outside standing in front of my door. I wasn't sure how he had gotten in or how he found my room. I did not answer the door. I backed away quietly to my desk and sat down. He knocked a few more times and then left. About five hours later, I heard another knock at the door. I was scared that it was the man again and slowly approached the peephole. I was relieved to find that it was the police and let them in. They told me that another student in my dorm building had gotten attacked earlier in the day and they wanted to know if I had seen anything suspicious. I explained my experience to them. They had arrested a suspect and I had to go with them to see if I could identify the person. It was the man who followed me home from Denny's. He apparently had gone door to door knocking and hadn't known where I was. He eventually came across someone who opened their door and the person who did paid a terrible price. Dang, that was pretty creepy. But this next story might have you rethink your next hike in the woods. It was Thanksgiving Day when me and my family went over to my uncle's house to celebrate. I said hi to my family and talked for a while, and then it was time to feast. I was stuffed from the turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, cornbread, and pie. After lunch, I asked my uncle if I could sit in his deer blind and hunt for a while. He said yes. Before I left, he showed me some of the pictures of the bucks and giant hogs he caught on his game cam. The bucks were decent size, 10 points, and one monster 20 point. I mean, this deer was a giant. He hasn't seen it in a while and only has one picture of it. It seems to be an elusive buck, and I was hoping to see it while hunting. So around 4pm I headed out to the deer blind. It was a peaceful walk with a couple of cows mooing in the distance. I get to the blind and got my gun set up and loaded. It was a nice quiet day with birds chirping and a nice breeze flowing through the blind. About an hour into peaceful silence, I felt a bad feeling come over me and everything felt off. I heard some brush move, so I sat up and took out the binoculars, but I didn't see anything. A few minutes later, I saw it. 
the giant 20-point buck. For those of you who don't know the feeling you get when you see a deer or buck when hunting, I'll explain it to you. You start to shake with excitement as the adrenaline courses through your veins. But this time, what I felt was stronger than that, almost to where I was starting to freak out. I watched it for a minute before pulling my gun up to watch through the scope for a closer look. But something wasn't right. Its skin was bubbling below its fur. Suddenly, it grew and transformed into a giant creature. From my angle, it grew taller than the tree line. It was muscular and had four arms that bent at two places. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Its skin was jet black that had a gloss to it, like it had an exoskeleton like a beetle or something. Its head was oval, the face looked like a pig but with a much shorter snout, and it had four eyes that looked human. Its legs were odd too, its knees and ankles bent in two different directions like a horse. I noticed it was carrying something. It was an enormous hog that it must have killed for food. Then it turned and looked directly at me. I was paralyzed with fear and convinced I had seen the devil. I felt burning inside of me, but I couldn't look away. It started trudging towards the blind. I had tears in my eyes and I was petrified with fear. Then out of nowhere, it turned its head like it picked up the scent of something and bolted off into the woods. That's when I heard the hum of a four-wheeler headed toward the blind. I broke down and cried. It was my uncle who had come to check on me. I burst out of the blind and hugged him while I cried. He wanted to know what happened, but I told him I didn't want to talk about it and that I might tell him later. We rode back to the house and I felt this wave of goodness come over me, like everything was going to be okay. I haven't been back to the woods in 10 years. It still haunts me to know that that thing is still out there. So how about we go from the woods and into the city with this next one? I want this story to be anonymous, so I'm not even going to tell you where it happened. What I do have to tell you is that the city it happened in has a really large Thanksgiving Day parade every year. I'd never been to one of them before, but I always watched on television. I went ahead and decided to go one year. I couldn't find anyone who wanted to go with me. None of my family or friends wanted to spend Thanksgiving in the cold, I guess. By the time I'd gotten to the parade route, it was already packed. I was worried whether or not I would be able to see that well. I'm not particularly tall, but I was able to find a spot behind another group of people that gave me a pretty good view of the parade route. I hadn't been there very long when I noticed someone who, for some reason, just caught my eye. I can't say there was anything unusual about him, really. He was rather big, a little unkempt, but there was just something about him. In fact, I found myself continuously looking over at him. A few times that I was looking at the man, he caught me staring. As most people do when they are caught looking at someone, I quickly looked away each time. But even so, my curiosity got me to look in his direction again. After a while, I could tell that he was getting annoyed. I resolved to try harder to not look at him, but that just made it worse. A little later, I looked at the man again and noticed that he was closer to me than he had been before. I didn't think about it at first because we were in a big crowd watching a parade and people moving around in the crowd was in no way unusual. 
But the more I glanced over at him, the closer and closer to me he kept moving. He was doing it casually, though, making his way around other people. He was definitely coming in my direction. To test and see what he would do, I made my own way through the crowd toward the back of the sidewalk. I glanced at him, and he immediately switched course to be coming toward me. I was convinced he was coming at me, and I was mildly alarmed. I kept telling myself that it wasn't anything to worry about. I was at a parade with thousands of people. If the guy was going to try and hurt me, he would get caught pretty quickly. The man did make his way over. There was only one person separating us when he stopped and went back to looking at the parade. I relaxed a bit, but when the man separating us moved away, the guy moved up against me. I was about to move before I felt something sharp against my back. He had a knife. He asked me why I was staring at him over and over. I was too scared to speak at first, but when he asked again and moved the knife, I apologized, telling him that I didn't mean to stare. I didn't know why I was looking at him. He told me that he didn't believe me, and he asked how much they were paying me. He kept pushing on the knife and told me I'd better tell him the truth. I heard my voice crack, and I pled to the guy to leave me alone, and that I didn't know what he was talking about. I guess my words were somehow heard over the noise of the parade because two guys looked at us and approached. I really thought he was going to just stab me then and there. He slipped the knife away, didn't answer the two men, and took off. They didn't go after him. They just made sure I was all right. To this day, I've been more careful not to stare at people. Wow, that's some straight-up real-life horror in the daylight right there. I don't really know what I would do in that situation, but okay. So we started in a dorm, went to the woods, then the city. For this last story, how about we go overseas? This story takes place in County Clare, Ireland, when I was about 15 years old. This was about a week before we were to fly to the States to visit our extended family for Thanksgiving. One afternoon, I was walking through the woods near my home. I was alone. I was a loner in my youth, and I would often stroll the woods until I found a tree to sit beneath and write. Writing has always been my hobby. My point is, is that I was very familiar with the woods. I felt safe there. On this particular day, I was walking a path to a specific tree that was my favorite tree to sit beneath. The sounds of the woods were all around me. There was a gentle breeze, and while I couldn't see the birds, I could hear them, and it was comforting. Then it all stopped. Everything became unnaturally still. The air was still. The birds stopped twittering. I no longer heard a single thing. I'd never experienced this before. It was as if I had suddenly become deaf. There was just nothing. No sound. No movement. No breeze. At this point, I had started to become anxious. I wasn't yet afraid, but I started home anyway. The feeling in the woods was not what I was used to. I was no longer comforted, so I decided to go home. It was then that I saw movement from the corner of my eye. Nothing I could pinpoint, but a dark shape that was just there. Everything else was still that eerie calm. I started to walk faster, and then the black shape again, this time from the other side. Now I was afraid. I began to run. I still heard nothing, but I was sure something was chasing me. When I reached my home, I ran inside and slammed the door, fully expecting my mom to yell at me for slamming, but she wasn't there. 
In fact, nobody was home. Finally, gaining some sanity, I decided to make some tea. I began to boil water when I heard a knock at the door. I jumped. My heart rose to my throat. Nobody knocked in these parts. It was a small village and everyone knew everyone else. I crept over to the glass in the door and peeked out. I noticed two things right away that terrified and confused me. The first was a child, a girl of maybe 10 or 12, looking not at me, but her feet. The second thing scared me to my toes. It was getting dark. How is that possible? I had left to go on my walk midday. The sun had been fully out and I had been gone no longer than 40 minutes. How then was it dark? I looked at the clock. It was almost seven. How? How did I misplace five hours? The knock came again and I jumped again. I didn't open the door. I called out, who's there? Can I help you? The girl didn't look up. She said, I need to come in. Please let me in. She had no accent. She wasn't Irish. There was no lilt in her voice. She sounded American. I called out again. I can't let you in, but I'll ring somebody if you need help. The child still didn't look up. She said, no, that won't work. I need to come in. At this point, I had had enough and she was freaking me out. I wanted my mom. I wanted my dad. I wanted to know where five hours of my life had gone. And I was so frightened at this point that not even tea was going to help. So I did what any teenage girl would do when faced with a situation such as this. I screamed and ran to my bed. I covered myself with my blanket and waited for my mom to come home. This was pre-cellular phones and I was not going to risk going to the kitchen to phone someone. Plus, I had no idea who I would call. The girl was still knocking on the door, but she never moved to a window or to the back door. She stayed at the front door. After a while, I got up my nerve to go check again. It had been silent for a bit. I went to the door and looked out. The girl was still there. She was no longer at the door though. She was sitting on the fence. She was no longer looking down. She was looking right at me. And in the fading light, it looked like her eyes were pitch black. I screamed again and ran back to the safety of my blanket. Eventually, my mom came home. I told her what happened and she decided it was my overactive imagination. But she did call down to the shops and the pub to find out if anyone in town had American family visiting or if anyone knew who the girl was. Nobody did. My grandmother told me I had survived an encounter with the fairies and that I was lucky. She was the only one who ever believed me. I never saw the girl again. I never had missing time again. I never felt the absolute stillness in the woods again. After I moved to the States and years later, I had found out about black-eyed children. My stories seemed to coincide with them, but that's ridiculous, right? Still, I have no explanation. My grandmother said some of the fairies are evil and will kidnap children. So what did I experience? A demon? Fairy? Ghost? A black-eyed child? I don't know, but it happened. I swear to that. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Valerie LaFasso. I'm Nomar Slavic.
Find a moment of calm at Classical WETA 90.9 FM. Available to stream now at classicalweta.org or on the Classical WETA app. Enjoy. Thanks. Be order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it.